Hey, Love Tribe, get excited for another great episode with Chase and our special guest. But before we start, I wanted to remind you about our amazing and free 14-day happy couple challenge. I don't know about you, but with the upcoming holidays, I'm feeling this hectic energy and I'm craving some grounding, fun, and meaningful connection with my partner. So whether you've been with your partner for many years and you're needing to mix things up or you're a newly coupled and you're looking to dive in to learn more about each other, the 14-Day Happy Couple Challenge is perfect for anyone wanting to deepen their relationship and have fun while doing it. So head on over to our website to sign up. You can start connecting deeper physically and emotionally today over at idopodcast.com slash 14 with our simple, easy, and doable daily challenges arriving straight into your inbox daily. This free 14-Day Challenge will help you break the old habits and build new engaging habits that will push you to create a deeper intimacy with your partner. Sign up today for free for the 14-Day Happy Couple Challenge to start strengthening and improving your relationship today. Head on over to idopodcast.com slash 14. That's idopodcast.com slash 14 to sign up for our free challenge today. What's going on, guys? Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, thank you for joining us today. We have Dr. Megan Stubbs on the show today, and she is a sexologist where she focuses on sexual wellness, education, and pleasure. And with her degrees in biology and human sexuality, she combines two of her favorite things, science and sex, into a cohesive platform to impact her audience. And she is releasing a new book called Plain Without a Partner, A Single's Guide to Sex, Dating, and Happiness. And that is exactly what we talk about today. Yeah, we loved diving into this with Dr. Megan. And we really cover it all, sex, dating, and <laughs> happiness. And so, you know, a lot of you guys out there are in a relationship maybe, or you're looking for one. But even if you're in a relationship, I think there's a lot of value in today's show and some of the questions you can ask yourself around what you're looking for in a partner. Maybe that's going to validate the partner you're with, or it's going to make you think uh, twice about if you're in the right relationship for yourself. Not that we're trying to break things up, but the reality is, is we should be in relationships that are having our needs met or working towards that. And so these are important questions to ask. Absolutely. And as always, thank you guys for listening, for tuning in, sharing with your friends and family. And if you guys have not checked out our free 14-day happy couple challenge, we encourage you to do so. We send a daily email for 14 days with easy, doable challenges to help improve and strengthen your relationship. And you can access that on our website at idopodcast.com. There's a tab up at the top. And yeah, we know you guys will love it. And thanks for tuning in. 
Today's show is brought to you by our online course, Spark My Relationship. Just in time for Valentine's Day, we are offering a special discount of $100 off the course. Create more passion, improve your communication, and build a stronger, more intimate connection with your partner in less than 90 days. We've collaborated with 15 psychologists and therapists to bring you the strategies marriage therapists teach their clients. To unlock this special offer for our listeners, visit Spark My Relationship com slash unlock. That's spark, S-P-A-R-K, myrelationship.com slash unlock. Hi, Dr. Megan. Thanks so much for joining us on the show today. Hi, good morning, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. Today, we're going to talk about your book, Playing Without a Partner, A Single's Guide to Sex, Dating, and Happiness. And we wanted to start by asking you why you decided to write a book with advice for singles. Uh, It's so funny. I mean, never has the phrase, it's literally my life, (laughs) been more (laughs) apropos than with this book. Um, I just think that a lot of books on the market right now are either like you're in an existing relationship and it's like how to spice things up or you're single and it's like how to find your next partner. But very few touch on the like singledom. Like what if you're just single? I mean, maybe in the future something's going to change, but what do we do right now? And so it's me sharing my hopefully greatest tips and tricks of how to just lead a happy life as a single person. So how would you describe a single person, I guess? It seems obvious, but it's not so obvious to me. Yeah. So, I mean, that's really, you know, like a self-owned description. So you could be single and seeing people and single and like pseudo dating. But single just means you are like, if someone gives you a wedding invitation, they know they're not giving you a plus one. (laughs) You're alone. (laughs) So, you know, if you have nothing like official or committed going on in your life, to me, you're a single person. Okay, that makes sense. That's clear. So you've said you've written this kind of from from your perspective, obviously, as well as a, would you describe yourself as a single person right now? Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. So it's a mix of, you know, professional background, and I have a bunch of my own anecdotes and dating follies sprinkled in there. And it's definitely like a mix of edutainment. That's what I like to call edutainment. (laughs) Beautiful. So I want to be edutained right now. (laughs) So so tell us, what are some of the big things you find uh, through your research, through your experiences regarding dating? Um, Pandemic aside, it can be really challenging. I think uh, it comes with your age, um, your you know baggage things you bring with you to the table. It can also be your region. So I live in a pretty little big Midwest town, and so it can feel big in some ways, and in other ways it's just like there's nobody here. I can't mm-hmm. meet anybody. So it's just like a mix of you know how do we navigate this dating space? How do we meet people in the wild? Uh, we talk about navigating the online dating space, which I think is really, really poignant now, especially still living during living through a pandemic. Um, and how do we try to make meaningful connections through technology when we can't, you know, physically be with someone? What are the biggest tips you would say in that area of how to connect, especially right now with the pandemic and the main way to connect with people online? It's kind of hard, huh? 
Yeah, uh, this is, you know, definitely uncharted territory. I have a lot of friends who have been in relationships or who are partnered and they're like, oh, I would never survive the dating scene now. Or they, they have no <laughs> idea what it's like to be on social media dating apps. And it's, it's wild, like the Wild West. Um, it's really vulnerable to put yourself out there because it's, you know, not like you're putting an ad in the newspaper where it's some romantic thing like seeking a partner for the rest of my life. Right. <laughs> you know, now it's like, I got to put the right picture up. I can't, you know, show this or I shouldn't show this. What do I share? Do I share too much? Do I like hold some stuff back? So navigating that space is super tough. But I think if you come from a, come from a place of like honesty and say, you know, here's me, you know, if you're not into skydiving, don't put that one skydiving picture you put up there that you were terrified to, you know, do. But just be authentic. Share what you're looking for. Share things that are like high on your value hierarchy chart. You know, uh, starting a family, maybe focusing on your career, um, your love of travel. So the more authentically you can put yourself out into the world, the more likely you are to attract someone who's looking for those same things. And so when people say like, oh, dating apps are just hookup culture, uh, they're not wrong, but that's not the only you know, avenue of meeting people out there. If it's just a hookup culture, uh, I want to ask the people who are saying that, are you being authentic on the apps? Are you saying, I'm up for whatever? Because whatever could be whatever. But unless you're like, I'm looking for a closed monogamous relationship, chances are you're probably not going to be bamboozled into a casual sex relationship. Is there anything that you're finding right now that people are doing more of or should be doing more of on social media dating apps that they weren't doing pre-COVID? I think people are getting more specific on what they're looking for. Um, we can't go out and, you know, be distracted by dinners, events, you know, nice dates or whatever. So we just have our conversations. And so people are really able to dive deeper with the people they're meeting online and, you know, hopefully suss out whether or not they'll be a good partner for them. So I love that the communication has gone up a notch because we're forced to communicate mm -hmm. more via technology because we can't meet in person or be distracted by, you know, the things happening at the putt-putt golf course. <laughs> it almost makes people connect uh, on a deeper level a little quicker, maybe? Yeah, I would totally agree with that. I mean, I think communication is key throughout a relationship, but definitely key in those beginning stages. Do you find through your research or personally, you know, I don't want to, I'm not trying to prod into your personal life, but feel free to share um, either from either side, but that there's frustration around like you're on the dating apps, but it's like, or over it. You're like, I, there's so many options or there's not enough options or every person, you know, is not how they say they are on their profile or just having trouble getting your expectations met and and then wanting to do it quote in the wild or maybe not at all can you talk a little bit around that kind of scenario yeah absolutely um broader approach <laughs> there are definitely people who have those feelings and those are totally valid uh maybe their person isn't utilizing the same apps that they're utilizing or they've been burned from bad dates so that's absolutely a valid experience Personally speaking, um, I was on dating apps ooh, probably in the very beginning when Tinder was fresh and Bumble was new. Um, I've tried them all and that was fun. And I met some great people. Nothing turned into a long-term relationship. But as I grew in my career, it wasn't until one date where I realized, oh no, I can't be on these public apps anymore because I was meeting this guy. Uh, we'd been chatting for a couple of days. We're like, oh, let's go get lunch. And 
he just knew my name was like Megan. And I think I might've mentioned dumbly that I was like, oh yeah, I'm a sexologist. Why would I say that? You know, hindsight. <laughs> and I got to the date and he was like, what's up? I Googled you. And I was like, oh no, it's <laughs> not going to be good. And it was terrible. It, he was just a super creep and just wanted to exploit me and just ask me all these horrendous things no one would ever ask on a first date. And I was like, all right, cool. We can't do that anymore. So for me personally, I have a rule of no more online dating because I'm too easy to find. And also I have a career that's not, you know, one that you saw on career day. So Mm -hmm. people are always (laughs) making that the subject of our discussions. And it's like, no, I'm a real person. Like if I said I was a dentist, would you be like, oh, tell me about root canals. I've always been curious. Or like, hey, can you check out this tube? Like, what? That doesn't happen. <laughs> it does happen to my friends who are like hairstylists when they go out with people and they're like, oh, do you want to cut my hair? And it's like, <laughs> and maybe if you make an appointment, I mean, <laughs> my job is not like my obsession of hair. Okay. So I totally feel that. So for me, I have to meet people organically in the wild or have them pre-vetted by friends. Because obviously if they're friends with my friends, they're not creepers most of the time. <laughs> How about the idea of patience? Like you're on the dating apps, you had your personal experience, but let's say someone out there is on the dating apps, they're just not meeting the people. And then, yeah, like I can imagine just getting a bit impatient with that process or impatient, you know, with all the bad dates and and frustrated. Uh, What would you say to someone like that? I would say pick up my book. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, you try and you plan to have a life timeline and sometimes that lines up with what you planned and other times it just doesn't. And because being in a relationship requires two people, you are half of the equation. And if you try to force someone into that space, it's, I mean, it could work. Maybe, I don't know. I mean, what was that show that did that? Like, Oh, married at first sight. Like, here you go. Mm-hmm. Marriage, make it work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but chances are you want to wait for the right one because rushing into something or being unsure of something, which I think is a pretty big like life milestone, doesn't serve you. So, you know, in the meantime, while things are still single, don't lament, like really relish on all the benefits your single life uh, can bring you. And I mentioned so many things about, you know, discovering who you are, uh, you know, fostering your passions, discovering new passions, uh, just doing all these things that single people can do because they're not beholden to anyone else. So really relish in this time because you don't know what's going to happen in six months from now, a year from now. So maybe you've been on a dating app for, uh, let's say a year. And yeah, it's been terrible, but you don't know what the future holds. So try to really stay present. And I love, you know, telling people to practice mindfulness you know, with whatever's going on in the situation, good, bad, or otherwise, just know that it will change. Life will change. And so just hold fast and just enjoy your single them while it lasts. So for somebody who's, who is listening, who is single, and maybe they're in a place where they're more frustrated uh, with being single than enjoying the moment, like you, like you said, can you give them some maybe tips or like like a little pep talk of like all the benefits that you found that you've written in the book to maybe change their perspective and maybe help them see that being single can bring them really good benefits to their life. Yeah, absolutely. And you get to feel sad whether you're single partnered or otherwise, like you get to have those days where you're just like, nothing is good. 
I hate everything. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Like that's a normal reaction. So don't try to like deny or just say like, I just hate being single. I get it. I hear you. I have those days. Absolutely. But if it's really like bogging you down, write down all the things. Like, are those like fear-based things? Are they like, I'm missing my timeline things? Like what's, what about being single is causing you so much distress? Are you lonely? Um, are you like wanting to start a family and have children? You know, try to really hone in on what's upsetting you and then make, you know, actionable plans of like, how do we get there? What are my options until then? And as far as just being a single person now, ah, oh, you have the freedom to do anything. You can bake bread at 2 a.m. You can, you know, watch anything you want on TV, lay across the entire bed. Um, you can also be that friend in need when if someone, you know, needs you, you can at the drop of a hat, go help them because you don't have to worry about checking in with a partner. Do the kids have a sitter? Uh, you know, like you just have so much freedom and flexibility. It's just, it's a really special time. And I feel like the timeline is like, what's the saying? Uh, married, house, car, two kids. It's like mm-hmm. the culture is really driving home. You need to be partnered, but you can absolutely 1000% lead a fulfilled life as a single person. Let's talk a little bit about patience and what to do if you're, if you're growing impatient and you mentioned how to, to be happy in your singledom. But I think a lot of times people might feel like settling. They're like, I can't take it anymore. I'm lonely. And they settle or what does that even mean? And talking about that and our expectations of maybe not settling and waiting for the perfect partner. And if that is something that you think even exists, uh, can you talk a little bit about those two things? For sure. Uh, let's put this in the context of a deli. Say you're walking in and you are craving a BLT. You're imagining it all day and you're like, this is what I need to fulfill my day. And you go in and they're like, sorry, out of bacon. You could settle for a you know, tuna sandwich, turkey sandwich, ham sandwich, and that'd be okay. I think settling in that sense is a far cry different <laughs> than settling for a relationship. You know, eating a meal, that's one and done. It's over with. Let's hope they have bacon next week. Settling in a relationship, if you ask anyone who has truly settled, are they very happy? You know, what does settling mean? Does settling mean... You're with a partner who doesn't share your values. Does settling mean you're with a partner who hates traveling? Does settling mean you're with this partner who, uh, you know, hates dogs? <laughs> you know, what are you settling for? And why? Really weigh out those, you know, I guess make a hierarchy again of like, what's important to you? What do you value? And does settling satisfy those wants? Because you deserve to have your wants and desires met. And so I'm just so like, don't settle. This isn't a sandwich. This isn't like we're out of chocolate ice cream. So now I'll get butter pecan. Like you're going to be living with someone, sharing space, being intimate, um, growing a like family with them, whether that is with children or a dog or, you know, sharing finances, like don't settle for the people in the back. Do not settle. I'm not saying you have to wait around for the perfect storybook, 1000% picture perfect person. But if the person you're with isn't communicative or willing to grow with you in the same direction, 
not starting off solid is just, it just sets you up for disaster. So don't settle. Please don't settle. It's interesting. What I hear you saying is that it's all relative to what your values and desires are. So it, I think we have this idea of how our relationship should look based on culture, movies, what you hear on podcasts. <laughs> but the, the reality is, yeah, you really got to ask yourself the question because someone else's settling is not the other person's. And to really be comfortable with if there's something that, you know, irritates you about your partner, is that a deal breaker? And if it's not, then it's okay. Because the reality, in my opinion, is that there isn't a perfect person that's going to check every single box down the line, you name it. And that would be kind of boring, because then you're not going to learn new things. You're going to be probably the same person, very similar. Um, do you agree with that, that there's not just the perfect soulmate match out there. But before we continue on, we want to tell you about today's sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. After the year we had in 2020 and coming into 2021, it's definitely okay to talk about our mental health and happiness. Mm -hmm. It's one of the benefits, I think, of this whole time is that that's become a lot more of a part, focus. Yeah, of mm -hmm. the conversation. And we're not meant to keep everything inside and therapy helps. And we've talked about therapy on the show, but you still might be asking, what is it exactly? Well, it's really whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're struggling in your relationship or maybe you're super happy, but want to be proactive in your relationship and understand some tools that you might need in the future. Or maybe you just feel overwhelmed with life and need someone to talk to. Whatever you need, don't be ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better today because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So if you don't want to see anyone on camera, you don't have to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what therapy is really all about. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash I do. That's betterhelp.com slash I do. Today's episode is also brought to you by Like a Kitten. And I won't speak for Chase, but I never know what to get him for Valentine's Day. I know I can always buy him chocolate, but after 12 years, it's getting a little bit boring. Plus, as you guys know, he already eats a lot of chocolate anyway, so yes. he doesn't need more. <laughs> so if you are looking for something new and exciting for your partner for Valentine's Day like I am, Like a Kitten's Couples Box is a perfect gift. The Couples Box is a one-stop shop for all your sexy Valentine's Day essentials. Don't waste hours researching lube, erotic games, lingerie, and anything else to set the mood. Just grab the Couples Box and you will be set up for one spectacular evening. So the box has ingredients to heighten all your senses, like delicious chocolate 
There you go. Chocolate. More chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) CBD body paint and strawberry lube. And if you've been really looking to enhance your sex with some vibration, the couple's box comes with a 10-speed heart vibe. There's fun sex scratch tickets or card games that will help you switch up your routine by inspiring you to play in ways you've never tried before. So it kind of eliminates any awkwardness maybe in getting it going. You just play the game and you're off to the races. And with your choice of a satin robe, I like the satin robe, Mm -hmm. (laughs) or baby doll lingerie, that's also okay. Uh (laughs) You will be sure to look and feel your best. And another reason I love Like a Kitten's Couple Box is that their mission is to help women own their power in all areas of life. So a portion of all the sales goes to charities that focus on women's empowerment, education, and health. So you can feel good about feeling good. So take Cupid's arrow into your own hands and surprise your partner with a couple's box from Like a Kitten. We know you will love it. And right now, Like a Kitten is offering our listeners 20% off and free shipping when you go to likeakitten.com slash I do or enter the code I do at checkout. Just go to like a kitten, K-I-T-T-E-N dot com slash I do, or use the promo code I do to get 20% off. Like a kitten.com slash I do. Today's episode is also brought to you by Ana Luisa. If you're looking for the perfect Valentine's gift for your partner, a friend, or even for yourself, go check out Ana Luisa. Anna Luisa creates beautiful, sustainably made jewelry starting at only $39. And they're offering a special Valentine's sale of 15% off. What I love about buying Anna Luisa's jewelry is that they offset their carbon emissions, starting with the sourcing of their raw materials all the way to the disposal of their pieces. So not only do I not feel guilty for purchasing Anna Luisa jewelry, but I actually feel like I'm kind of giving back a little bit (laughs) to the environment. They also only produce limited batches, which ensures the highest production standards while eliminating excessive waste. The quality is exceptional and really allows for long lasting pieces crafted from care from the best noble metals. They also offer a 365 day warranty to replace or refund any pieces that don't meet your expectations. I am a huge fan of simple, elegant jewelry, so I'm completely in love with all the pieces that I got from them. My favorite piece is the mama necklace. It literally says mama on it. And so I'm very proud to wear it. And Stella always asks what it says and what it means. So I love telling her that I'm proud to be her mama all the time. It's super simple, light, hypoallergenic, and looks great with almost everything I wear. So if you're still in need of Valentine's gifts, you should really take advantage of this 15% off Valentine's Day sale. Or if you already have a gift, just add this. You'll get extra bonus. Buy it for yourself. (laughs) (laughs) So if you're still in need of Valentine's gifts, you should really take advantage of their 15% off Valentine's Day sale. Head over to analuisa.com. That's A-N-A. L-U-I-S-A dot com for 15% off their entire site for Valentine's Day. Today, 
February 10th is the last day to guarantee standard shipping within the U.S. before Valentine's Day, so act now. Treat yourself and your loved ones with a unique gift from AnnaLuisa.com. That's A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A.com. AnnaLuisa.com. Oh, 100%. And so, like, when you mentioned, like, a person has a habit you don't like, you know, what, what kind of habit is that? Like, I don't know that that would be suddenly like maybe they just load the dishwasher the wrong way or the bait, you know, great, the great <laughs> toilet paper roll debate. Uh, you know, that's just a human nature thing. Like that's just who they are. Is that a deal breaker? I mean, I don't know your life. Maybe it is, but you're going to have to make some concessions like relationships have compromise involved in them. And that never goes away. Um, obviously maybe big deal breakers are like they're a hardcore vegan and you love your meat products. Is there a happy medium with that? Um, is there a religious difference in your house? You know, what is okay for you? So don't find that like, because they like to watch sports all day and you like to go thrifting on the weekends, which I love thrifting, <laughs> that that's <laughs> like, you know, uh, you settling, um, realize that they were a whole person before you met them too. And they have their own hobbies and likes and stuff. So as long as you're okay with what they're doing, or it's like a compromise you're willing to make, I don't know that I would call that settling. So yeah, you're not going to find the person who's hundred percent the same as you boring, because that sounds boring. <laughs> like there's <laughs> no diversity in that. So I'm going to be that guy on that annoying date and now ask you about your work as a sexologist, but I think it's appropriate here. <laughs> so, so how does that fit in to your ideas around being single and what you see with people? Obviously, there's a lot of angles here, but maybe how you think of sexuality in this realm and its importance or, or not and how people can think about it when they're single. Um, obviously for me, it's my job, but also my passion. So I am so passionate about single people realizing they can uh, have sexual satisfaction and deserve to have sexual satisfaction as a single person by themselves. They don't need to seek it out in others. They don't need to go get sex or, you know, think that they can't have their desires and have really rich, pleasurable experiences uh, without someone else present. I mean, you totally can. So we have a whole section in my book about, you know, self-love and masturbation and all these different things. Uh, we have a funny tie-in of, I live in Michigan, and so uh, Kellogg's, like the cereal brand <laughs> uh -huh. from Battle Creek, and there's a really funny story in there about the, like, sexual history of uh, cornflakes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so, please tell us. Um, it's just normalizing the conversation around masturbation and that it's not like a lonely person thing. It's not a single person thing. It's not for like an ugly loser kind of person thing. Everyone masturbates. And even if you're in a partnered relationship, masturbation is something that still stays with you. So it's totally normal and natural. And I want people to feel empowered to touch themselves and give themselves their own sexual satisfaction. So I know the Kellogg story, but I probably don't. most of our listeners don't. Can you Sarah tell us? doesn't. Can you share it with us? Yeah, so this was from the Kellogg Sanatorium where people would go to treat different uh, maladies, if you will. And so masturbation was, you know, a sign of insanity. Uh, you're possessed, you're going to lose uh, your fertility, all these bad things. So to curtail that and other um, 
uh, maladies <laughs> that people were you know, being plagued with back in the day, they went to the Kellogg Sanatorium and they were given a diet of very bland food. Bland food what? keeps you calm, doesn't spice you up and doesn't make you want to touch yourself. And oh so my gosh. that's actually how cornflakes came about because they were usually eating like a corn, corn gruel, corn paste. And the rumor is they left it on you know, out too long and it was just all hard. And so they were like, well, let's try and bake and crisp this up. And then boom, cornflakes. <laughs> wow. That's why I always had to add sugar to it when I was a kid. Yeah, that spiced it up. No spicy mm-hmm. food. That makes you touch yourself. Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> crazy. It sounds like an yeah. old wise tale. Yeah. <laughs> like exactly. what? Yeah, I think yeah. I did it around puberty is when I started. So connected. What, eating cornflakes? <laughs> <laughs> With sugar. Oh. It's like... <laughs> or masturbating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh man. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And yeah, it's that, it's a funny story, the Kellogg's thing, but it it also speaks to, obviously that was years ago, but that's the foundation of the culture we're in and, and the work that you're doing has helped to change that. But the shame around sexuality, masturbation, self-love, and that uh, we're still trying to reverse the cornflake effect, if you want to call it that. But, (laughs) but um. How do you think about that, like as far as encouraging people to not let sexuality or maybe their desire for sex rule their thinking as far as finding a partner? Obviously, you know, like the the classic line of like thinking with the wrong head, a lot of bad decisions (laughs) are made um, that way. So can you talk a little bit about that? Um, I think just knowing that you can receive those same kind of feelings and get that satisfaction by yourself is like the first paramount thing. There is a section in the book talking about how to have casual sex or just casual encounters with people because sometimes you just want that. Um, Obviously with pandemic lens, we have to be more mindful about, you know, safety and health, but I'm always advocating for testing for STIs. So talk about COVID testing too. (laughs) Um, So that's an okay, you know, avenue too, but also know that because you're engaging with casual sex, that that might not turn into a relationship. So go in knowing, you know, what you're doing is like at present time, we're having casual sex, but don't think because like we had sex, we're going to be dating now. You know, it's a really frank talk about, you can go seek sexual encounters from other people, but don't think that that's going to be, you know, the prelude into relationship. It can be, but that's not the pathway that you should take if you want a long-term single relationship or long-term monogamous relationship. Can you talk a little bit about feeling shame when it comes to that scenario? Because I know a lot of women and, and men too, I'm sure, like when they hear the words just casual sex or, you know, hooking up with someone you don't really know that well, there is a culture of like shame among that. And so I think from the start of the podcast to now over the last seven years, there's been a big push to not feel that, that we've seen like through talking to our guests and listeners and stuff, but I think it's still there. So how can somebody navigate those feelings? Yeah, for sure. Um, There are lots of books. Um, Right now I'm thinking just like (laughs) Chelsea Handler's book, My Horizontal Life. I read that I think in high school and I was like, oh my Mm -hmm. God, it's amazing. (laughs) But other than that, like we're not seeing a lot of like casual sex stories being shared, I guess in the mainstream or it's not popularized. I think sex is popular in the context of a relationship. We see that as plot lines on shows. Um, If we ever do see casual sex, it's always like as some kind of like joke or like Mm -hmm. a funny thing or like hilarious. Oh no, this just happened last night. 
Mm-hmm. It's always like a plot line kind of thing, but it's never seen as like a, no, I'm just a person who just goes out and has casual sex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but that's okay. You can go do that. That's a good thing. As long as you're both okay with that, both consenting with that, that's a great avenue to have sexual experiences. And also too, it really opens our eyes, I would say, to non-monogamy. Um, maybe you're in an open relationship. Maybe you're in a hot wifing relationship. You know, it doesn't have to be something as rigid as monogamy, where it's just like you two all the time in the dark, missionary only. Uh, <laughs> there's a wide diversity of sexual expression and things we can do, and they're all okay. Obviously, adult consenting, <laughs> all mm-hmm. these different things. But whatever you want to go do, that's totally great. Maybe you want to go to a lifestyle event. That's awesome. I, um, right before the pandemic I and the shutdown, I was teaching classes on an, a lifestyle cruise. So it's an adult-only cruise. And I was teaching sex classes. And it was wonderful. It was so much fun. That's you were amazing. on the cruise teaching? Yeah, it was a lifestyle cruise, so adults only, and I was teaching um, edging and I think uh, anal sex. Cool. So what is it? What's the lifestyle cruise? Uh, Lifestyle usually refers to people who are like swingers. Uh So people who are uh, partnered or single, but like to play with other couples. um, And they're just out to, you know, connect with people and engage in casual sex. Can you talk a little bit about Uh, safe sex when you're single and dating and having casual sex and how the best way to handle those conversations regarding STIs and and being safe? Yeah. Anytime you're going to have a new sexual partner, I really recommend you getting tested to know your status and encouraging that partner to do so as well. Um, when you talk about, you know, multiple partners, it's really important to discuss what your boundaries are, what activities, if any are off limits. Um, and just, you know, knowing how to best protect yourself. So maybe you are someone who is an open relationship and you're fluid bonded with your partner. But when you play with others, you have a rule of you must use barriers uh, when engaging in X, Y, and Z acts. That's a great conversation and good knowledge to have for when you're going out to play with others. And then also to asking, you know, your play partner, hey, when was the last time you were tested? what came back. Uh, You know, I am comfortable with using this and this for protection or only doing these activities. Does that work for you? And just being really frank about it. We never see any kind of STI conversation. We barely see condoms used when (laughs) um, sex is being portrayed in popular media or movies. So uh, I'm all out here to normalize that because mm-hmm. this is an important conversation to have. And so, again, that's in the book, too, about <laughs> how to have empowered conversations with strangers because your sexual health is so important and leaving things to chance isn't isn't something I'd recommend. Is there, and I'm sure this is in your book, so we want to encourage our listeners to definitely read it. Is there any language that is best used when you're talking about having safe sex? Because I I remember listening to a podcast with, I think it was Dr. Wednesday Martin. We actually had her on the show, but she has her own podcast. And they were talking about why it's not good to use the terms, are you clean? Or I forget exactly, but it it basically made the person feel like they were dirty instead of using good terminology. Is is there uh, words that you would recommend using when you're having those conversations? Yeah. uh, I love that my sex educator colleagues are really pushing forth that language because 
even with my own friends, like, oh, did you test dirty? And it's like, okay, let's unpack that. Mm -hmm. Dirty is implying a positive result for an STI, but that's not a reflection of you being dirty. Like, did you garden all day? Hands are probably dirty, but like, did you test positive for an STI? Okay, great. You're not dirty. You just have an infection. You know, let's clear that up. And so that's a big misnomer. So I love that Wednesday was using that kind of language. And it actually is in my book too about oh, stripping away from dirty versus clean. And I actually have a couple sample phrases of how to work that into a conversation um, that you can, you know, read verbatim, maybe on the phone and just, you can read the text and say, yes. I have been tested for, you know, blank, blank, blank. And I, my results were uh, positive for chlamydia, but I finished my treatment of that, you know, three weeks ago. So now I am negative for these STIs. Uh, it's just really empowering when you say, when you just shift the language, because do you ask someone who has a positive COVID test, are you dirty? Mm-hmm. It's only because I, it's sex that people have a stigma around it. And it's, you know, dirty comes with not good, shameful, immoral, bad. I mean, it's just a whole host of things that are loaded into that word. So testing, are you negative? Are you positive? Cool. Let's move on from there. <laughs> well. Dr. Megan, we've covered a lot. And before we wrap up, I want to ask you if there's anything you want to emphasize or something that we skipped over and how you think about all of these things in relating to your overall happiness. Obviously, that's a a big word, scary. What is happiness? But ultimately, that's what what we're all looking for. Um, And then we'll say goodbye. Yeah, I mean, thank you so much. Your questions really span the breadth of all these things <laughs> regarding relationships and sexuality. So super awesome questions. Um, as far as happiness goes, you know, I really think, especially again, during these pandemic times, people really got a frank look at their life. And I think, or at least I hope they were able to say, you know, what's going on here? I'm home all the time. And you know, the world has been upended. What's important to me? What's going to truly make me happy? Uh, What can I do to lead the best life I can right now, despite all of these outside factors uh, trying to influence me? And so when we are post-pandemic times, I would love people to keep that same energy and thought about what they're doing in their life. So If they are a single person, I hope that means that they will try new things, explore their passions, connect with people who already love them, their loved ones, their friends, their chosen family, um, and just do more things that bring them joy because life is too short and to settle for something that's not a sandwich Mm -hmm. (laughs) and something that's super serious, like a long-term relationship just isn't going to serve you well. So just... Do the best you can with what you have around you and, you know, try and lead your best life. Thank you, Megan. And um, can you tell our listeners where they can find you online? Uh, We mentioned your book, but please let us know about that. And then we'll say goodbye. Yes, you can reach me at sexologistmegan.com. And I'm at sexologistmegan on all the social media channels. And your book is out or coming out? It is going to be released this spring, April 2021. And you can pre-order it now wherever books are sold. Wonderful. Well, we'll link to that. And then, yeah, as soon as the book comes out, we would love to have you back on to get your feedback on how people saw the book. 
Oh, I would love that. Wonderful. Well, thank you again for taking the time to come on the show. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. This was a really great conversation. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show, guys. As always, the links will be in the podcast description as well as on the show notes on our website at idopodcast.com. And while you're on our website, we hope you guys check out our free 14-day happy couple challenge. Uh, It's a challenge where we send you a daily email for 14 days with easy, doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. And it's honestly just a whole lot of fun to do with your partner. It's something new and we think you guys will really enjoy it. So check it out. And while you're on the website, there are tons of free resources as well as more information about our online course, Spark My Relationship, where our listeners can get $100 off. So check that out. You can go directly to the course website at sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock. And that's where you can get the $100 off. So thank you guys for tuning in and we'll see you next week. listening to a pleasure podcast for more from our sex podcast collective visit pleasurepodcasts.com